The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. People shouldn't need to hear us explain to them what they just watched. Oh, dude, that's right. We never found out what happened with this with the crab feeder. I wasn't here, Ryan had to fill in for me to talk about the uh, opening credits, and I hate them. It's still classic Game of Thrones. Welcome to the big stream. I am Liam McEwen here today with Stephen Douglas, and we return to talk. House of the Dragon once more, the fourth episode in HBO's latest big-budget Game of Thrones universe show. It was interesting. There, A lot of different directions have been taken over the last three episodes, I would say. I think there's a lot of uh, really, really, I mean, harder to find three individual episodes more different from one another in the first season of House of the Dragon than maybe in any season of Game of Thrones when you're talking back to back to back. So the show continues to separate itself. But yeah, Stephen, I mean, how you feeling? We're four episodes in. I believe we are around the halfway point. I'm not sure if there are going to be eight episodes or ten episodes, but either way, we have a pretty good handle on kind of what the show is about, what it wants to be, and where it is in that quest. So how do you feel? Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm fine with it. It's it's pretty good. The performances are all pretty good. It kind of felt like about halfway through the uh, episode last night, Damon had come home and had his reunion, and it, it kind of felt like it might as well have just been a season finale. Like we had the big battle last week, and then everybody came home and made up, and we kind of just set up these little threads that we'll take up next season. No, he immediately decided to throw all the goodwill out and uh, put put in action his uh, little his little plan that really there was just out of left field, a lot of, a lot of stuff out of left field in this episode. I I felt very very good about how last week you asked me who I thought uh, Renero would marry, and I I called out two people, um, you know, Sir Kristen Cole. And, you know, she lost her virginity to him. And I said, oh, and, you know, Damon, obviously, because Valerian, Targaryen, all that crap. And, you know, they went to the pleasure house and not a lot of secrets. Not, you know, not a lot of mystery in this show. Just uh, people showing up and doing things and you can kind of see it coming. So she's going to get married um, to, I don't know, doesn't matter. Um, I mean, none, none of it really matters. 
Uh, but you know, I'm I'm hot committed at this point. We're four episodes in. I'm gonna see how they go. So I guess we can we can just go back to the beginning and start from there. This is very much a about the journey, not about the destination kind of show, because mm-hmm. we all know what's gonna happen. Well, okay, so I have an interesting thing that I read on the internet last night Ooh, about Damon. I love reading interesting things on the internet. <laughs> it was an interesting theory about Damon's dalliance with Rhaenyra in the uh, whorehouse, where when the king confronted him about this afterwards, Damon, instead of denying that he had sex with Rhaenyra, which like we're pretty sure didn't happen, very right. as, sure as, as sure as we can be unless they're hiding something from us, but Damon did not deny it. And then if you think about back in the very first episode where Damon got kicked out of what will become King's Landing, initially it was because he made a crack about the King's dead son who said he was uh, just an heir for a day, but he never actually said that. So do we think that Damon is just like too stubborn, as uh, this thing I saw said, to admit that he didn't do anything in some kind of weird reversal and he didn't actually say that about his dead nephew and then ended up this like entire thing got kicked out, like the whole concept of this civil war got kicked off because Otto Hightower told the king that's what happened and he believed it? Yeah, I think maybe uh, he kind of, I don't know, just doesn't want to maybe this episode was about things the things that happen don't really matter as much as uh the things that they is said are that have happened uh it doesn't matter that he didn't say uh the king for a day or whatever about uh his nephew people think he did so he did I, it's unclear how much of the pl- how much of a plan was when he came back to king's landing did he want to marry his niece um was he and just by virtue of bringing her to the what they call they don't call it horror house it's like a pleasure house or something yeah yes uh the pleasure house for coupling um i mean just by bringing her there i he i mean he obviously did cross a line you know i mean that's still that's still the princess and i and and i just want to say that my favorite thing about the show is the way that they say princess instead of princess it's yes princess there's a real emphasis there yeah so just just by bringing her there you know he kind of he sullied her uh ruined her virtue and then it also set up um a, a very interesting thing where you know she went home and she did lose her virtue or whatever to uh sir Kristen cole and then you know we see what a what she'll do to lie uh you know she's swore on the memory of her mother to the queen that uh she she had not had sex and she obviously had and then it gave the king an opportunity you know she denied it and then at the end you know the maester comes in with the the strong t the plan b or whatever for uh winterfell plan t yeah so i mean she's it's a i don't know if it's exactly a prisoner's dilemma but um you know she can either by drinking the tea she confirms that she did have sex and by not drinking the tea she uh takes the chance that maybe she's pregnant so i that's definitely a trap uh mind trap that her father set for her there 
and we'll probably see that play out in the next episode. So it, it, it just matters what people think happened, I guess. Um, I don't know. And so Damon is, you know, super hungover. It's kind of unclear what happened with the uh, former whore that saved him. Uh, what's the point of that? We don't really know. Um, what, and we learn, is it is uh, Otto Hightower the white worm? Or is, I mean, that's like supposed to be Viserys with a... See, and the, and, the, and the hard part is I Game of Thrones, like the ending of it, it was so ruined for me that like I never went back and revisited everything. I mean, this is a show that I spent so much time and energy thinking about and watching. And now I'm like, I kind of recall things. But it's stuff that, like, as a such a big Game of Thrones fan, I should just, I should know it. But I don't. I just tried to block it out of my mind. So let's go back and, and talk about the very beginning when the the prince, the king of the narrow sea shows up. I mean, that seemingly comes out of nowhere. So he has to have a plan. That has to be part of his plan is to, like, put his niece in this position. And then maybe he actually will get to marry her. Um, I don't, I don't think so. Damon doesn't strike me as that kind of long-term planner. He's not stupid, but he, so far through the show, he kind of just sees the path in front of him and either chooses to go left, right, or straight. And then he hard commits to that path, admittedly. Aggressively commits and, like, understands what it entails, and that's why I don't think he's dumb. But also, I don't think that, like... He, he had to have Lord Corliss explain to him why it would be a good idea to go attack the crab feeder in the narrow sea or uh, the steeps or whatever when they had been there for like a while. They had been there the entire time he was hanging out in Dragonstone, like kind of staking his like quasi-rebellious claim. Like that's something he could have come up with on his own that would have made great sense since Lord Corliss had to explain it to him. And then I think he was the same thing kind of happened when he got named King of the Narrow Sea by all the people he helped save. He was like, well, I could try to establish my own kingdom here, or I could utilize this to get back to King's Landing or back to Hammerhall. Or I keep fucking that. <laughs> yeah. See, this is stuff. And like, um, listening to, I've been listening to, trying to listen to the official Game of Thrones podcast with uh, Jason Concepcion from, formerly from The Ringer. And, um, and, like, the amount of stuff that he, like, knows from, like, the history of uh, Westeros and everything. And, like, he's explaining, like, this 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 centuries-long feud between families, which we saw two characters, I think, when... Uh, and the, the amount of stuff that we're supposed to understand for this is just outrageous i think um i i shouldn't need like i mean i know we're doing a podcast to recap this and discuss it but people shouldn't need to hear us explain to them what they just watched they hopefully we're you know we're just giving them a couple of laughs and you know just letting letting them waste time at work but like i shouldn't need to like read seven books and have seen an appendices from some other short story that he that George R. R. Martin wrote to like understand why a little kid killed a uh, grown man who called him a c-word uh, at a uh, speed dating event. <laughs> yeah, this all this stuff is supposed to be additive. It's not supposed to be necessary to grasping it. 
But I guess like the other way to look at that is not that we needed to understand why that little thing happened. It's more like for the real nerds out there, like Jason Concepcion, like they're like, oh, damn, that was awesome. And for the rest of us, it's kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> and like all media like that's based off of source material is kind of filled with stuff like that. But for where we are right now, I think your point is like still holds is that in order to really understand like where this is going outside of, you know, in 180 years, Daenerys will be born. You <laughs> need to like be deep, elbow deep in the lore here. And if you're not, then you're kind of I mean, frankly, if you're not, it's not that good of a show. Like it's it's fine. Right. It's good. Like it, it's good. It's good enough. It's still classic Game of Thrones with the overt sex and the crazy violence and the crazy battle scenes. And it seems like they really tried on purpose to check all of those boxes in the first couple episodes. So they're like, hey, everybody, look, it's a Game of Thrones show. We got it. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, like we don't really, you know, we don't we don't get it. And I mean, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh for a show that's only four episodes into its first season. I I can acknowledge that. I'm probably a little quick to jump on the criticism wagon after everything that has happened with Game of Thrones over the last couple of years. But, you know, it's some of, I mean, I don't know. It's just, they're setting things up, but it's, they're taking so many turns and the, like accelerating things so quickly. It's kind of like, they'll take a left turn and you expect it to be another right turn, but then it's like two more left turns before it actually gets to that right turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like, I, I mean, we're four episodes in there's so many people that I just have no idea who they are. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure it was like this in the original, um, but I just, I, I have no idea who she's marrying. I mean, I only watched it once. I didn't get to go back and take notes. Is she marrying the guy who was on the dragon at the end of the last episode? I think so, because they never actually showed him. They just said his name, expecting us to know who that was, which was a little tough. I don't think that, I mean, I might honestly be wrong, because I don't think they mentioned the fact that he had a dragon. They just said his name. And just, you know, thinking about it, that makes the most sense. But yeah, they have to, he has to marry, or she has to marry him, because Lord Corliss is marrying his 12-year-old to a different uh, to somebody from the free cities to form an alliance with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough. You get all these alliances and stuff. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to make a mistake and marry my daughter off to the wrong guy. Um, you want to make sure it's a very powerful house, very powerful and rich. Um, so, what, what did you think of uh, our, our, our princess and our queen? Um kind of bonding back together and then i mean the princess she she kind of shit all over that by lying to her best friend um yeah. i mean uh it was i mean that you know nobody i think had any real illusions that that bridge could ever be gapped it's tough to get over your best friend marrying your dad and becoming your stepmother you know that's not something that would go away you know you think they'd be able to work in concert and it seemed like that's what their initial like hand-holding thing kind of indicated but then Rhaenyra had her awakening both sexual and um <laughs> in terms of her palace intrigue or ability or willingness even to do so where she swore as you mentioned on you know the grave of her dead mother that she didn't sleep with a man and then she did but then allison goes to the king and she's like no she it's not in renera's nature to be deceitful which is like the fourth time they've said that in the last two episodes i think so it's i think we're you know 
I might be wrong, but I think we're building up to it being in Rhaenyra's nature to be deceitful. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, Game of Thrones, everybody's deceitful, uh, except for Ned Stark, I think was our, uh, our, our one good guy and Jon Snow, probably. Um, so it's like, Renera, you know, she's she's lying left and right. She's obviously a hot-headed dragon. I I just I don't get why King Viserys shouldn't he be more understanding of like his daughter? I mean, he he's just like he just happens to be the cool dragon. I don't know. I he's just the le- the one level-headed Targaryen ever. So he just can't stand this and then so Otto Hightower um Oh, and I don't understand why uh, Renera and her and the queen couldn't have just gotten along when she became the queen anyway. I mean, with all the different uh, bad options that there seemingly would be, I would think that like the her best friend, the uh, the way I mean, this we're, we can't apply like modern normal logic to this. I mean, this is fantasy land and like set in the forest in the 1400s with dragons and uh magi- and magic i i don't understand why she wouldn't this is where they're supposed to be like real people and like apply the logic of uh well m- that's my dad you know i mean that's a fair that's a fair point but i guess at the same time they're like i think the the lead the logic to lean on is the lack of logic in any 14 year old's mind or 13 i'm actually a little unclear on when they actually got married after all these time jumps what are they 12 they were 12 maybe 13 14 i don't fucking know at this yeah, point yeah i guess they were like 14 now they're 17 18 and and when you were talking about like uh damon not having like a long-term plan i i mean that plan that thing that entire thing unfolded over like 18 hours he came back he bent the knee and then the next morning he's getting kicked in the stomach for uh <laughs> for coupling with his niece i mean that that's not exactly the most long-term planning he could have thought of that on the dragon ride over okay one thing i want to talk about is otto hightower as the palace insider he did not play this game well at all i don't think he really i mean i don't think he was written well to do so because he's basically only come to the forefront to bring forward information when it benefits him and him specifically which mm-hmm. you know Thinking about other Game of Thrones, you know, secrets, insiders that we've seen, they tend to deal in everything. And they like the show kind of went out of its way to show that like they obviously everything they do is going to benefit them to an extent, but they don't make it super obvious that every time they're like, my sources have told me that this happened, which makes my stock go way up. Like it's not as obvious as that. And I think Hightower, I mean, the two times he's come to the king and been like, sources have told me it was <laughs> to get Damon kicked out after he hate openly hated Damon for years was the implication there. And then the second one was that Damon slept with your niece, which means that actually my grandson should be named heir and they should both be kicked out. And then he finally, Viserys finally is like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a second you might be full of it and funnily enough he was not in this particular scenario which is a classic example of there in my mind a classic example of Viserys sort of placing misplacing his priorities as it were and what have you but I mean Hightower now he's on the outs he was removed from the high council because I mean which maybe 
he should have done before because his daughter is the queen. Like, obviously, it doesn't, you know, that three years ago, I could have told you there would be a judge, an issue in objective judgment there. Mm-hmm. But he's on the outs, and I'm curious what he's going to do about it because while he hasn't really flexed the muscles, the hand of the king has a lot of uh, political power in, you know, the entire society. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think he's going to do? Uh, yeah, you would think that, but I mean, we haven't really seen that from him at all. And yeah, you're like comparing him to uh, Lord Varys and uh, and Littlefinger from Game of Thrones, like his uh, his little spies and birdies and stuff. He's there's just there's no creep to his game. He's just very and and even King Viserys, he he didn't do that. He didn't come to this on his own. It it was Rhaenyra's like. Uh, You'd see what's happening, right? And she was right, even though she was doing it to uh, deflect blame and try and con- try and uh, make him stop thinking about the coupling. And and I just want to keep calling it coupling. I think it's. I mean, <laughs> it, it was a great. It was a great show. The original uh, on BBC or Channel Four or whatever. A great show coupling. Uh, horrible American remake, but it's also very funny to to say it for sex. I don't know, King. Just a, a lot of people making bad decisions as usual. Everybody has a different uh, has a different motivation. And Lord or Sir Otto Hightower, uh, who knows what he's going to do now? Um, you know, I mean he he's a he's a well known actor. So and he's supposed to be in all ten episodes. So he's going to stay involved. But I just don't know. He's just going to maybe he's going to turn to the drink and just be hanging out in his daughter's room all day complaining. Um, you know, this never would Wear happen. Another one of your mother's dresses. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that—that's his whole thing. He's just a—he's a awkward dad pimp. If he's supposed to be, I would—I'm mildly surprised he's supposed to be in all ten episodes simply through the lens of like. I think we talked about it last week that no character has visibly aged more than he has over the last, like, since the beginning of the show, basically. Like, he was like, you know, your pretty standard, like, you know, mid, middle-aged father in the first episode, and now he looks like he's three steps from death's bed, you know? Well, our our king is not exactly doing too well. We can talk about that. He, his segue, uh, yeah. his lesions or whatever are looking... Uh, troubling as he as he was coupling we got a good look at his back and on top of that um i guess the lighting was probably better in last night's episode and you could really see they're uh, really digging into his uh, hair thinning on top and uh to put that side by side and we also should really talk about uh prince damon's new emo haircut mm-hmm. he kind of looks like uh Kyle might have back when he was going to a show in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> Fallout Boy. I that was surprising. I mean, we haven't really ever seen a Targaryen change their hairstyle. Um, I feel like that should be a bigger deal. Like the way they all have it long, I would think it would be some kind of thing. Like, I mean, not quite like the Dothraki who uh only cut it off when they lose in battle. But I, I would think there'd be some kind of history there, the way they all wear their hair long and straight and blonde. Yeah, thinking about it logically, I clocked that he had a new haircut. I didn't think about why until you just said it. And then my first thought was that he did just spend... Uh, this time jumps are fucking... With, I don't know, like a year and a half-ish, two years, three years fighting the crab feeder armies, somewhere between a year and a half and three years. 
he probably had to cut his hair off because, you know, you have long blonde hair flowing out of your helmet. That's easy for people to grab. Although now that I'm saying that, I don't think he, but had, he had that up until the end of the war when he, he did have it. Up the end. Okay. All right. And then he, between then and going back to Kings, or going back to King Viserys, he got a haircut. Hmm. That is interesting. That is a mystery. Did Matt Smith have another engagement around that time of building? And they were like, who cares? Maybe, probably not, but maybe. Yeah, I don't. Maybe he's just like I'm sick of this long hair. I think uh, I think Damon would would go for a haircut about now. Maybe it was like uh, maybe it's like a, a, a symbolic transition. Like there maybe was... the crabs cut it off. <laughs> oh, dude, that's right. We never found out what happened with it with the crab feeder. I totally thought that they were gonna start with this episode with like a, a like a, here's what happened when Prince Damon sprinted into the caves and murdered the crab feeder and like ripped out his intestines and they didn't. They just completely blew past it. Wow, I completely forgot about that, and I'm actually a little mad about that. Not from like an actual critical perspective, but just from a personal perspective. If a dude's gonna get cut in half, that's like half the reason I watch Game of Thrones. How are you gonna rob me of that viewing experience, especially when they did so much to build up how creepy crawly this guy was? Literally. Yeah, um, I caught the end of that episode right before last night's episode again. And I mean, all the same problems about why they would rush out of the caves still makes no sense. And then it's like the dragon shows up and uh, and we really just learn nothing about Crab Feeder, except he's got a cool name. He looks horrible. It's unclear why anybody would follow him at this point. He should have been shipped off on a boat in quarantine like years ago and he is stuck in this poorly ventilated cave system with all these uh people who are willing to die for him for no good reason that we ever learn about uh i'm may you know hopefully i mean the the viewership for this show is supposedly incredible um so hopefully we get a crab feeder prequel to the (laughs) to the dragon house prequel and I'm oh, calling the show Dragon House because House of the Dragon is way too awkward, even though they uh, they finally worked it in and said the title in this episode. I, it's Dragon House for me from now on. Dragon House. Uh, oh, yeah. and also, um, I wasn't here. Ryan had to fill in for me to talk about the uh, opening credits, and I hate them. It, the, really? It's, it's so bad. The The blood, like, I mean, in in the original, like you see the geography, you see how like how everything is, and I mean, it, it's just horrible. And using the same music, it's such a cheap ploy that I am just so out on the opening credits. is such a cop out, and the blood is confusing. And I mean, where's the fire? I mean, this is the house of the dragon. It's just <laughs> it's just blood making a mess everywhere. It, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the worst thing I can say about it is that like last night when I was watching this, I paid zero attention to the sequence. Like it's, it's comforting music, you know, yeah. it, it, it takes me back to those happier times, but then I, I look up and it's like, this is, this is bad. This is it's not like if Frazier just used, yeah, Frazier just used the uh, cheers theme song but uh, there was blood pouring out of all the wine glasses or something. Uh, <laughs> blood pouring out of the scrambled eggs. Wow, I didn't realize you felt so strongly about the title sequence. I was I was floored 
when they went and used the exact same song. I could not believe it. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious, like, it's not hard to see why, but at the same time, it's like you really didn't put that much effort into doing this at all, did you? Like, didn't even try to make a new song. I would have preferred a new song, but uh, whatever. Anyway, we are four episodes in. (laughs) (laughs) We have many complaints, but frankly, the show hasn't given us a ton to really break down, I don't think. Because yeah, so you want to talk about welcome like to the, Yeah, all of the train tracks are still being laid down, as it were. Like we haven't reached the train station yet, and you think I mean, you know, that's kind of the nature of like shows in general, obviously. But there would it's at, at a certain point things have to crystallize, and there has to be like kind of a clear path, a clear conflict for. I'm still not entirely clear what like the conflict truly is here now that Damon's back in the fold. So yeah, I don't know. I mean. I can say individual characters. I like the individual characters. How things are done, I don't like it very much so far. But individually, as we previously discussed, all the actors and actresses are by and large very good. And the the the, the way that the individuals go about things is pretty good. But uh, the the big picture, big picture is still very murky, still a lot of holes. And I still, I'm still struggling with the fact that they just like threw a giant battle in our face, apparently to appease our desire for a giant battle and that's literally it that's the only reason that happened yeah the uh the trip to the pleasure house was i mean unnecessary um just so much weird that weird monologue they played over it too about like fucking and like how (laughs) men and women both take what they like that was really weird like i didn't really need that like it was just it was just weird what purpose did that serve like sex is power okay but like prince damon is telling us about that of all people he hasn't utilized sex as pa- i mean he's going to try obviously but uh, uh, that was that was a weird uncomfortable compilation that again it kind of just seemed like they were like game of thrones sex here you go take it uh i mean they've got all these uh they've got all these notes that they have to hit every episode uh you gotta have so many boobs so many butts uh so much blood uh, and the opening credits don't count <laughs> so so you have to have somebody get stabbed speed dating but that also has to happen off camera mostly uh because we don't have time to choreograph that after uh or we're gonna end up with another uh sand snakes fight thing um i don't know just got too much too much to do so yeah i would give this i think i'm gonna start rating this out of crabs caught um i'd say this episode was uh six crabs caught out of uh 10 you know it's solid like i said like you said i i I like most of the characters uh the performances remain entertaining uh there's just still none of the humor um there's really there's nothing super enjoyable about this as uh the hammering goes on below my feet i don't know if you could hear that okay so uh yeah i think i'm i'm a i'm a little bit lower than you this time i'm a five crabs eaten out of ten because i'm starting to get a little frustrated with what appears to be the lack of direction here like maybe i'm being a little bit unfair demanding there be like obvious things happening in the fourth episode of the first season ever of a show but like i don't know they there was a lot of money and time put into this 
and through four episodes it's kind of like vague what the central conflict is and they already went back on a couple of things they did in earlier episodes and i have zero idea how much time has passed since the first episode which might be a little bit of a me problem but like if they're not going to clearly lay out how much time has passed during the non-time jump things and i get a little confused is all i'm saying that that was one one thing that really stood out to me when he showed up back at um at court or and in, in the Iron Throne room. Um, it's like all of a sudden we just erased all our conflicts and reset them back to zero, so that we could have the same people in conflict for a uh, slightly different reason, like less than a day later. Um, and apparently the same ending happened too, where he's just like, yeah. Get out, I'm mad at you. Goodbye. Yeah, I mean, he's it's like Uncle Phil and DJ Jazzy Jeff. I mean, we're just gonna see him tossing uh tossing him out the front door every episode. Um I don't I yeah, it just seemed it, it was like a reset for no good reason. Um, you know, we got to see I don't know, the king of the narrow sea. That's uh, and this news would not have traveled back that they were calling Damon the King of the Narrow Sea. This news would not have traveled back to court um, in like, like six months. Very, yeah, he's just out there. And why? And were those crabs on his head? Because they look like antlers. They have to be crab claws, right? I have to assume they were crab things. Antlers would have been a little bit more Baratheon, wouldn't it? Because yeah, I mean it's just crabs, and you know, I mean the. The clam, the clam people, the clam diggers haven't risen up yet. Um, I don't know. It's 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 a show that there's plenty to pick apart. Um, so hopefully, you know, as as time goes on, we can start taking notes and being really pointed in our criticism. <laughs> yes, that's what I also hope for is to rip it even further to shreds, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, I uh, I think that viewership might drop a little bit with the return of football season unless this show really puts the pedal to the metal here. Because I think the, like, very immediate short-term problem is that, like, all the, like you said, all the conflict is kind of gone. Now it's like, will Rhaenyria's dad find out that she only made out with her uncle instead of fucking him and then will they find out that she fucked her like knight in shining armor standing by at all times i don't know like that doesn't really okay who, who really cares there like i i don't really care that much even though i care about like rhaenyra to an extent i don't care about that at all and, and as soon as he finds out whatever really happened and gets super mad at her he, you know he's just gonna die there i mean we're seeing him deteriorate we're seeing him in his uh look at the poppy bath or whatever um you know he looks like crap he's not feeling well um i don't know he, he's not gonna make it out of the season i so and she's she's gonna be the dragon queen with with this person that we are supposed to know but we didn't read the right uh comic books to uh understand who it is you know maybe an mcu volume uh volume 17 will uh, get our answers <laughs> i can't wait for infinity war uh targaryen edition personally yeah. Yeah. well i think that, yep 
I think the next episode is really where they kind of have to make things take a turn. Otherwise, this is on a path to a very average first season at best. And will I be watching that instead of Sunday Night Football? Probably not. Maybe dual screen. We'll see. We live in a modern age, after all. I'm just looking at the IMDb page uh, and looking at the names that I do not recognize, like Lord Lionel Strong, Grand Maester Melos, Lord Lyman Beesbury. Oh yeah, we have we had a Maester show up after you mentioned in the, our Slack chat. I think I, a couple of days ago, whether or not we had. I, I felt I felt we were I felt we were Maester uh, Light. Uh, oh, there's a there's a picture of Sir Harwin Breakbones. What, what is uh, <laughs> the na- the nicknames, man? Well, oh, I think yeah. all the Targaryens should avoid any uh, Sir Dragon Slayers out there, just as any warriors should avoid the guy named Sir Breakbones. All right, we've done enough making fun of the show. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how next week turns out. And if it's bad, then we're just going to spend 30 minutes going through all the names on the IMDb and laughing about them. Sounds like a plan. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into the big stream. Make sure to hop onto thebiglead.com. Check out all of our coverage from the first week of football and potentially more pop culture content. I am Lane McEwen. This was Stephen Douglas, and we will see you next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.